It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly. I promise this will be a fun and informative hour, and it's going to be terrific as always. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things that I've been learning and thinking about lately. And I usually do this every single week. And before I forget... This episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. Try it free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Over the last few days, I've been thinking about the quality of my interactions on social media. I really enjoy meeting new people on Facebook, for example. However, I will say that sometimes I find the experience to be disappointing. On those occasions, I find that the only reason someone wants to be friends with me is so they can send me their book or their program or their business opportunity or whatever it is they're pitching that day. And while there's nothing inherently wrong with that because I run a business too, I would say that there's something really important missing. It's the idea of liking, knowing, and trusting somebody first. Think about this. If I don't know you, I probably won't buy from you yet. That's because you don't know my situation, my business, or where my journey in life happens to be. In fact, on those occasions where I've said no or not yet, it's amazing how many of them just drop off the face of the earth. And while I'm not in a position to judge, I can only wonder why they didn't see the long-term value in building and maintaining a relationship first. If I don't trust you yet, I really won't buy from you because I am not yet convinced that you actually have my best interests at heart. And if I don't like you, there's no way in God's green earth I'm going to buy anything from you. I only do business with people I know that I can trust, and I'm sure deep down, so do you. So think about that. I see so many people spamming their opportunities all over social media like they're throwing darts against the wall. Then they wonder why their businesses are failing. So it's all about liking, knowing, and trusting someone first. It's far more effective in the long run. With all this in mind, I'd love to introduce my guest. And before I forget, my latest book is called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2. It's on Amazon. The Kindle version is 99 cents. You can't even shake a stick at that. Get that. I would be very, very glad if you did. It's based on, on conversations with some of the greatest people that I've had on this show, including Kevin Harrington, Chris Powell, Brad Sugars, and so many more. It's on Amazon. So my guest returning this week is Tom Terwilliger. Let me tell you about him if you missed him last time. Tom is known as the Achievement Mentor, and he's a leading authority on the science of achievement, an international speaker, and empowerment trainer. He's also the author of the claimed number one bestsellers, Seven Rules of Achievement, and Why Smart Goals May Be Dumb. He's been speaking for the better part of 30 years in the areas of achieving greatness, mindset, and health and fitness. His unique background as a former Mr. America, longtime Fox Sports Net TV show host, and Clear Channel radio show host have allowed him the opportunity to reach and impact the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. His authentic love of people and strong belief in their ability to achieve far more than they actually believe possible has fueled his passion over the years. His own inspiring story of pulling himself from drug and alcohol abusing outlaw biker to national bodybuilding champion. 
He is a high achiever, and he's he's inspired countless people to reach their own limitless potential. He's author of the new book, The Comeback Plan, which we discussed last time, and he has a new virtual event coming up very soon called The Comeback Strong Summit, which we will talk about today, along with so many more things. Welcome back to the show, Tom Terwilliger. How are you today, Tom? I am fantastic, Brian. Given the circumstances... And I think it's a choice in many respects for all of us. We right. can choose to allow our circumstances and the conditions surrounding us to pull us down. In fact, I think Maya Angelou said, I can be changed by what happens to me, but I refuse to be reduced by it. So I am fantastic, Brian, and I hope I, you are too, man. I am. Thank you so very much. So last time we talked a little bit about your background, and we'll do that again for those who missed you the first time around. Give us a sense of how you got to where you are right now. Your inter- your your journey has been really, really fascinating. <laughs> Actually, it is it is interesting, even to me, because I look back on some of the transformations and there have been a there have been a few uh, along the way. And uh, everyone's sort of like I, I have to look back at it and say, like, wow, holy mackerel. I mean, it just yeah, yeah. And I think this is true for a lot of people. We, we don't often stop and recognize what we have achieved, what we've been able to do, the transformations that we've had in our lives. I mean, we take for granted if we're married, especially if we're happily married for several years, that we were once single, once seeking, once looking for that partner, hoping to find that partner. And it was a transformation when we found that person and, and, and engaged and found the courage to ask them to marry us or accept being asked. So mm-hmm. I think we, we, we tend to uh, neglect appreciating what we've accomplished. And, and so I do look back at some of these things and, and, and just wonder how. And then, and then over the years, I've started to put together the pieces and the puzzles and, and why these things came about and what facilitated the changes. But uh, early on, I mean, for me, it was a real struggle. And I think for a lot of people, for me individually, I was uh, dyslexic and hyperactive in school and had ADD. Mm-hmm. And and at that time, of course, it was just it was really as it is today in many respects about the drugs. So I was, you know, forced to take these drugs that were supposed to be calming me down. And I think they had the opposite effect because I got worse yeah. as I as I progressed. I mean, it just got worse and worse and worse, uh, more fighting, more rambunctiousness, more uh, more trouble. And ultimately, they, they put me into the special ed class. And of course, that is followed by a tremendous stigma. Uh, externally and internally. I mean, we certainly create a story. I did. I created a story around that and began to live that story that I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not like everyone else. And and as a result, that kept manifesting and manifesting until I found a world that accepted me and that I felt like it was part of, which was the outlaw biker community. I mean, certainly in the special ed class, you feel like a one percenter in the world and a little right. bit rejected by by normal society. And and that's kind of uh, what what uh, outlaw bikers are all about as well. The one percenters. And so I found a world that accepted me and I felt comfortable with and I felt at home with at least for a short period of time anyway. Mm-hmm. And then I began to realize this this really wasn't who I was. And, and that began a uh, manifestation of, of something different, something new, an entirely new chapter, you might say. Yeah, and you found some confidence in bodybuilding, but there was a little bit of trepidation about that because it was it was a new thing. And tell us about that. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, well, it, it was fascinating because uh, when I when I made the decision, and it was a it was an arduous decision to 
Sort of, and and I would I would guess in many respects, and, and certainly some of the people I've known and uh, and have uh, you know different types of coaching relationships with that have been in um, abusive relationships, for example, mm-hmm. uh, we tend to stay there because at at some point we feel like this is what we deserve, we've created it, and we become we have this victim mindset, and and as a result of you know being part of that biker community, I I kind of adapted that as well that this is where I belong. I can't go. What am I going to do? This is my tribe, you might say, you know, mm-hmm. and for people in those abusive relationships, like where are they going to go? They don't know that there's something better, that they can be better. And so I first had to begin to accept that and realize that and uh, and, and really began by reading more. And even uh, it's kind of interesting when I look back, I'm trying to picture this this young outlaw, you know, with colors on my back, reading books like Tony Robbins or, or Psycho-Cybernetics, and it just, it just seems incongruent. But it's what made the difference, because that change really had to begin first in my mind, and then I began to find the courage and the belief in myself to be able to make that change. And the first stop for me, once I made the decision to move on, and it was kind of a traumatic, because they were my tribe, they were my friends, they were my people, they had my backs, at least I thought they did, and it really wasn't true. But ultimately, I had to find a way to kind of rebuild this. At 22, 23 years old, but my body was beat up, drug, alcohol, motorcycle accidents, brawls, been stabbed and shot. I mean, it was just like I had to start rebuilding my body. At, at 23, 24 years old, I felt like an old man. Mm. I felt I was limping around. So really getting back into the gym, which I had been doing as a teenager, and I was pretty successful, actually, as a teenager, in bodybuilding, it's the only thing that really kind of made me feel like I belong somewhere. Um, so it was like easy. It was I was very fortunate. I was blessed to have that that little bit of a background, something to fall back on. You might say that, and and some faith. I did believe in God. I've been I grew up Catholic and and still had that to hold on to. So between the two, between the spiritual. And then rebuilding my body, getting back in the gym. But like you said, there was some trepidation behind it. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Because, yeah. Because I was entering an, uh, another world now. It's like, okay, this is, this is a little alien to me. You know, it Absolutely. was a scary. Yeah. We'll talk about some fitness-related issues later in the show. I do want to ask, how did you decide to become an entrepreneur? Uh, it was real. It was almost uh, – Almost the choice was made for me in many respects. I, I number one, it's even today, I can't imagine holding down a job. I look at what people do behind a register at a supermarket mm-hmm. or a Target or somewhere else, and I'm like, I could not do that job. No. Number one, I couldn't have the patience. I, I can't take orders. It's just, it would be even the simplest job I would have a hard time holding down. And, um, and so I did all sorts of odd jobs early on. You know, I, I blew insulation into attics in 105 degree weather. It was horrible. I bounced for a long time, you know, in, in nightclubs and bars. And then ultimately, after uh, a relatively successful bodybuilding uh, stint and winning the national championship, it seemed like a natural for me, you know, to continue a fitness career by opening up my first athletic club. And, and that was really my first venture into uh, the world of entrepreneurship and business ownership. That's amazing. That's fantastic. So we've got a couple minutes for our first break. What were some of the challenges you had starting your business? Oh, man. I, I, I probably every challenge you can imagine. But I did one thing that I really can say uh, made the difference. Well, I partnered with someone who I knew had the attributes and the skills that I lacked he was a previous mm. business owner, relatively successful, 
great guy. I loved him. We had a wonderful relationship, a fantastic friendship. Uh, but he really knew how to run a business. However, I didn't. And I, so I stepped into this thing as a bodybuilder thinking it's a natural. Open a gym. And we did. We opened a ten or 15,000-foot gym in Long Island and then a second one. And then, you know, when you as soon as you take on a second business like that, it mm. exponentially increases the challenges, the problems. And dealing with employees was a challenge, absolutely. Dealing with the business structure of it, you know, maintenance, all these different things. But I think the biggest challenge was in my mind, am absolutely. I a business owner or just an athlete? Absolutely. And we we're coming up against our first break. My very special guest this week is Tom Terwilliger, and we are going to talk about more in entrepreneurship. We're going to talk about his brand new virtual summit that's coming up in not too many more days. We'll come right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We're going to come back very shortly. Please hang with us. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. It's Did you ever wonder about the origin of Murphy's Law? You know the maxim that if anything can go wrong, it will. Murphy's Law was named after Captain Edward A. Murphy, an engineer working at Edwards Air Force Base in 1949. Captain Murphy was working on a project designed to measure how much sudden deceleration a human could stand in a crash. After discovering a transducer constructed for the experiment was wired wrong, Murphy squabashed the technician responsible by exclaiming, If there's any way to do it wrong, you'll find it. In other words, circumvent mistakes and miscabobbles before they happen. Aerospace manufacturers began quoting Murphy's Law to their engineers, and soon it became an eponym. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Tom Terwilliger. And we're going to talk about his summit, the Comeback Strong Summit, here in just a couple minutes. And if you've not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, please do that. Leave a review. That would be absolutely amazing. And I would love you forever. I do anyway because you're listening. But thank you so much for your ongoing support. So, Tom, let's talk about 
coaching. You had coaches when you were in bodybuilding. I'm sure you have coaches in your business right now. How's that impacted things for you? Uh, it's made all the difference in the world, without a question. And I continue to coach uh, a number of entrepreneurs and athletes as well. Uh, but at the same time, it goes all the way back. I I think at a time, you know, early on in my bodybuilding career, I thought like so many of us, I could do it alone. I can, I can do this. I can read the magazines. I'll, I'll learn the strategies and the techniques, and, and I'll follow the video. And then I remember one day I was in the gym, and I'm working out. And I'm there. It's like two and a half hours now. I'm in the gym working out. Mm-hmm. And finally, yeah, the guy, the guy who owned the gym, name is Tony Pandolfo, who became a mentor and coach of mine. Uh, one of the greatest guys I've ever known and a great athlete himself in his own right. He owned the gym, future man in Amityville, Long Island. And he came up to me and he says, what are you doing, man? I said, what are you talking about? Uh, he says, you're here. this is like two and a half hours you're here now. I go, yeah, but I got to do this. I read this in the magazine. I got to work my forms. I got to do kid. It all takes time. He says, kid. And I was like 23 years old. He called me kid. I think he was 40, 40 something. Yeah. He says, kid, listen. He goes, an hour. That's it. If you can't get in in an hour, you're done. After that, your body is under too much stress. Your testosterone drops. You're going to find yourself losing ground instead of gaining ground. Mm. And I knew, I'm like, holy crap. At that moment, I'm like, somebody knows something I don't know. Right. <laughs> Or I haven't read about, and you can't, listen, you can learn a lot by reading books. You can learn a lot by listening to podcasts, but ultimately putting it into practice and finding someone above and beyond yourself to keep you accountable to it, to, to continue to act on those new practices, those rituals, then it, it requires a coach. And Tony became a fantastic coach. I had two, two great coaches, him and a guy named Bob Gruskin, who passed, both are, have passed since and, uh, and just really help shape not only, and this is one of the things that I found out about great coaches, uh, they're not specific. I mean, they may be specific to a particular athletic endeavor or a business endeavor or, or a relationship, whatever it might be, but really great coaches go beyond that. The lessons that you learn for those specifics should extend to everything. Yeah. It should be more about mindset and connection and appreciation and never taking for granted all these things and this is uh, some of the things that they taught me early on especially you know coming out of that biker community yeah you know one of the things one of the things brian that that uh that tony taught me certainly was a new vocabulary yeah he said he said listen you're gonna have to stop dropping the f-bomb every third word Uh i was used to that that's that's how we talked yeah, you know, I, st- I still haven't lost the New York accent, but at least I'm not dropping f bombs every other word. Right. So, so the coaching has made all the difference in the world. Even in in business, I've had mentors and I've had coaches that uh, you know sometimes you think you're going in the right direction, and a good coach will simply pose an idea, give you an alternative, help you reframe an experience in a way that gets you to move forward instead of staying stuck. Absolutely. And as you moved through your bodybuilding career and were a Mr. America and competed in Mr. Olympia, you had an opportunity to be in a music video. For those, <laughs> for those of you that uh, remember Billy Joel's song called Second Wind, I think it came out in 1985. Tom, you, you were the lifeguard in that video. Tell us how that happened. Uh, I, I was doing a lot of um, – when I was in New York City, training in New York City, 
um, for about for about three years or so, as I was upcoming as a bodybuilder, moving towards the national championship. I'd already competed, I think, once or twice in the nationals in the Mr. America and uh, placed third and second. So I was starting to get a name for myself, starting to become recognized as someone that's an up-and-comer, you might say. And, um, and I was approached by a, a model and talent company called Better Bodies. And their speciality was bodybuilders and fitness models and physique models. And at the time, there was quite a calling for it. And so I signed up with them, got my pictures done, my profile all set up, and they started marketing me. And it was interesting because there wasn't a lot of bodybuilders in New York um, who uh, sort of had the mentoring that Tony Pandolfo gave me, which was learn how to speak, be articulate, and you'll be a champion. And so as a result of that, I was articulate and was able to get a lot of roles. I, was, I did several TV commercials. Hershey's Kiss, Clorox, uh, a, a Clairol, a bunch of commercials. And then I got approached by the uh, agency that was doing the video for Billy Joel. And I had to go in and do an audition, of course, and got the role. Of course, you know, this is one of those, one of those cases, Brian, where it's like, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> right. <laughs> because when I got the role, it was February in New York. Oh. And it was freezing cold. And we did this scene on the beach. It was called Manhattan Beach, which is in Brooklyn. And uh, so we did this scene on the beach, freezing our tails off. Uh, and, and so I got this lifeguard role. I'm up on the thing. The wind's blowing. And, we had, and of course, you know, none of these things, uh, you know, it's like one take, you're done. Out of here, get dressed, go. No, it was like take after take after take after take. And I really, the, the person I really felt sorry for was the poor kid that was in the water that I was supposed yeah. to be rescuing. Because he yes. had to be in this freezer. It probably came down with pneumonia. Uh, but, uh, Brian, the most ironic thing about this, this whole experience of doing this, this uh, video with Billy Joel is the, the, the video and the, and the song depicts the ramifications of suicide. Yeah. And, and, and what that can cost not only others but yourself in terms of the life that you may have the potential to live. In the moment, we feel depressed, we feel lost, we feel angry, we feel uh, out of sorts, and, and it seems like the only way out. But there's still life ahead. And that, that video really depicts that well. And I find it ironic, you know, today I, I do everything I can to support the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, including what we're giving back from the summit. Yeah. But I find it ironic that I was a lifeguard in a video about suicide. And yeah. um, maybe that's maybe it's the chicken before the egg. I don't know. Yeah. But somehow that's had a, an emotional impact on me. Wow. That's fantastic. We will absolutely talk about your summit here shortly. I do want to ask, why do we limit ourselves? Because we, we tend to have a ceiling, a self-imposed ceiling on what we think can happen for us in life. Yeah. Well, in much respect, it's, it's, uh, it's our story. Yeah. We've, we've, we've created an identity uh, early on in our lives, usually in our youth, early on, somewhere between, you know, if anywhere between four and about 14 years old, we solidify that story of who we are and, and what we're capable of. And we begin to look for and, and manifest that story in every way we can, in our jobs, in our relationships. Some people break out of it. Some, some people have a hard time breaking out of it. But a lot of us, every one of us, I believe every one of us wants more in our life, wants to experience more, have more, do more, achieve more, give back more. But a lot of us with that story that we're so limited with and so tied to that it's difficult because we can't 
find ourselves believing that we're capable of more, mm-hmm. that we have that capability. I, I was coaching a young athlete today, as a matter of fact, and mm. and I t- and um, and I was working with him, and and he's got this massive goal. He wants five hundred thousand active followers on his social media and his websites and all this stuff. And I said, you know, that's a big goal. I said, how many do you have now? He goes, about 25,000. I said, that's a huge goal. And he wants to do it by the end of the year, not this year, but the end of 2021. Wow. And I said, okay, that's massive. I said, there's probably somewhere, maybe, I said, I don't want to implant this, but there may be somewhere inside you that resonates with this and a part of you that may not resonate. I said, Check in with that goal. Let's let's reorchestrate the goal. Write it in a way, create it in a way, shape it in a way that 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 man- helps it manifest. But I want you when you when you read that, when you go through that goal, I want you to feel your body. I want you to see what's happening with your body. If there's yeah. any stress, if there's negative feedback, if if the peripheral nerves start to shake, or you feel any anxiety around it, then we've got to work on that because this is a big goal. And I said, so here's the things I want you to do. I want you to do a checklist of what needs to happen between now and then in order to get that 500,000 people. And then what are you doing now? What do you need to do? And the things he's doing now, I said, I want you to grade yourself on those. He's doing a podcast. He's doing YouTube videos. He's doing all sorts of, uh, you know, stuff on social media. I said, I want you to grade yourself from, you know, literally you could have an A, an A plus, you could go down as far as an F, grade yourself on each one of those things. And and here's the point. I said, when you grade yourself, I want you to grade yourself like a teacher or a professor who's very objective, but also sees your potential. You know, uh, for example, I would, this, this, could be, uh, this could be a C. For anybody, this could be a C, even a C plus. But you know what? For you, because I see your potential, I see what you can do, I see what you're capable of, and you're not, it's not there. You're getting a D. I said, I want you to be that objective, and I want you to be that harsh with yourself, because the potential is there. And it is for every one of us, it's not just him. Every one of us has the potential to be extraordinary. If we can break free of that story and those old belief systems, and we can, we can do that. Part of the way we do that is just to take action, to follow through, take those steps, find out you are capable of doing it. Then rate yourself again and again and again until you get to that A, even the A plus. But be harsh. Be harsh. You know your potential. Absolutely. We've got a a couple of minutes or so before our next break. I would love to introduce the topic of your event, and we'll talk about it through the the next segment as well. But you've got a new event coming up called the Comeback Strong Summit. Tell us what this is. Uh, Well, basically, and and you were so kind and so gracious to allow me to share – what we did several months ago, as we were just really sort of entering into this this pandemic, this disruption, mm-hmm. which was I had finished a book called The Seven Step Comeback Plan, and we released that and we gave it away to literally thousands of people. And mm-hmm. because of its success, and because of my desire to stay in action, stay in motion, we had to come up with something more. How can we serve more? How can we reach more people? How can I avoid the fear, the doubt, and the uncertainty that could otherwise plague me if I just sit still? I had to do something. So we got together 22 extraordinary people, just amazing. All people at the top of their game that, yeah. that have achieved massive success in one area or another, in relationships, in money, in finance, in business, whatever it might be, in athleticism, but also have been knocked down, beat down, beat to the mat, and slapped around a bit and found a way to come back. So I wanted to interview those people because you talk about this. You share a lot about resilience. Yes. You know, and it's just like, what is that? I wanted to define it for myself and then share it with others. 
So we did that by putting together a summit with these 22 speakers, along with some really cool stuff and an opportunity for everybody to participate in it and, um, and really kind of find out, you know, like you said at the beginning, if they can do it, my gosh, I can do it. Absolutely. And we're coming up against our next break. My very special guest is Tom Terwilliger. We've talked about bodybuilding and fitness and mindset, and we're talking about his event called the Comeback Strong Summit. We'll be right back. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.brianckwright.com for more information. Once again, that's brianckwright.com. This is the Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Tom Terwilliger, and we're talking about his event called the Comeback Strong Summit. And the latest issue of Success Profiles magazine just came out a couple days ago. It features Linda Hollander, who was a guest a few weeks ago, and it was about sponsorships and how to get sponsored. If you want to subscribe to the magazine, go to successprofilesmagazine.com. It's a dollar for seven days, and you can't even beat that. And you can pick your subscription option from there, successprofilesmagazine.com. So, Tom, let's talk some more about the Comeback Strong Summit. Tell us about some of the speakers who are going to be there. I know we talked about Jason Cisneros. He's a friend of mine, and he's been on the show before as well. Uh, he has. Jason is, is really quite the character. I like to call him the most controversial guest on the summit <laughs> I mean, because you, can't, you cannot – have a conversation. Well, actually, I had a conversation with him yesterday. We did a preview call on Facebook Live. And, and so it's really not true what I was about to say. What I was about to say was that you cannot have a, com a conversation with Jason without politics entering into it in some way, shape, or form. And he's very firm on his stance and, and a little bit controversial as a result of it. And, and so during the, 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 the Comeback Summit, uh, that's where it went a little bit. And so I actually have to do like a, a, a little bit of an extra 
intro as a result of that because it's so powerful and so good, but it may not agree with everyone. So Jason is just really just a powerful guy. Plus, he's doing some really cool things out there to help, you know, the, the sex trafficking that's going on these days with young women. He's going out there and he's actually rescuing these young girls and getting them to safety. So I admire that tremendously. And he's one of, like I said, 22 really great speakers. Uh, one of my, uh, certainly, I mean, I've got so many favorites. Everyone I would consider personal friends that are on the, the summit. Certainly one of the most notables is uh, Dr. Robert Goldman. And mm. Dr. Robert Goldman, uh, I, do you know Robert? Do you know Dr. Goldman? I, I don't. Yeah, he, I'll have to introduce you because he's an extraordinary man. I mean, he owns more medical patents than his company, owns more medical patents than any other company in the world. Wow. I mean, he, it, it's just extraordinary what he's done to actually save lives. I mean, he's he, heart valves. I mean, you name it. It's just incredible. And he also runs one of, and I can't remember the name of the summit at the moment, but one of the live, one of the probably the largest uh, medical summits in the world. And very, again, another dear friend of mine, we've known each other for years when I was doing the television show years ago uh, on Fox Sports Net. Uh, Dr. Goldman was our medical expert on the show, so we get to know each other there, and he's so gracious to give up a lot of his time and to share so much of his knowledge and wisdom on the summit. Others, I don't know if you've heard, or you know who B, uh, Brie Argent Singer is. She's better known as Betty Rocker, one mm -hmm. of the most inf one of the most influential fitness uh, influencers online today. Brett Davis, Charles Rosa, UFC fighter Charles Rosa, and his story is amazing, Brian. Yeah. I mean, not only a great champion fighter, but what he had to overcome to become a fighter, to become great, is something extraordinary. He lost both his older brothers, and you know how much we admire, I, I have an older brother, I admired, yeah. respected my older brother, I loved him dearly. Both his older brothers died of over drug overdoses. Oh. When he was younger, and and to overcome that and not take that same path, is an amazing story. Greg Ballantyne, of course, uh, the author of the uh, Perfect Day Formula. Cynthia Garcia, one of the top women's coaches in the world. Uh, Dan Cushell, same thing. Danny Baldwin, the actor. Yeah. Um, just Dan, talk about the black sheep of the family. <laughs> And he's okay with that. If you don't know who Danny is, guys, uh, he's the youngest, bro actually not the youngest, but he's the second oldest of the uh, Baldwin brothers. Uh, Alec Baldwin, the actor, probably the most well-known. Danny's always been uh, the, the controversial one, getting in trouble constantly. Uh, David Lyons with the uh, MS Fitness Challenge and so on and so forth. I mean, just some really extraordinary people that were gracious enough to share their time, their wisdom, their story. And the tools, rules, and strategies. Again, another notable, James Arthur Ray, yeah. who I'm sure you know. And, and yeah. again, some people will probably be displeased that I had James on because some people still obviously blame him for what might have happened. And if you don't know, James was one of the top personal development trainers in the world in 2009. You know, listed as one of the on, on Forbes 500, one of the fastest growing individually owned companies in the world. Yeah. And uh, on Oprah, I mean, you, you name it. And in uh, one of his trainings, he lost three of his participants and wound up in jail for two years. And how do you come back from that? How do you find redemption from that? Right. So each one of them have those stories, Brian, where it's like, hey, yeah. they had to find redemption. They had to get back up off the mat. They had to fight their way. They had to keep moving forward and find ways. So they all have strategies and mindsets for doing that. And that's what the summit's all about, sharing that stories. Absolutely. When adversity hits, what advice would you give to someone who has that, oh my gosh, what just happened here moment? 
uh, take a moment to to acknowledge that. That's number yes. one. I mean, we all had to. I mean, at the very beginning of this disruption, this pandemic, you know, we talked about this earlier on when we did our first interview. Yeah. Was that I, you know, same thing. I it was like, what happened? And and we get into fear, but we can't deny that. You can't, it, it's not instantaneous when we can say, okay, something tragic just got happened. I got hit in the head by a pissed off Mike Tyson. Uh, but that's okay. Let me think about this logically. Let me work through this. And, and it doesn't happen in that moment. We have to take the time to acknowledge that, hey, you know what? I, what I'm feeling is, is what I feel. I feel anxious. I feel, I feel uh, upset. I feel angry. Whatever it might be, take those moments and then don't react. I, I shouldn't say don't act on them. That's the key. Acknowledge them. Even appreciate your body and your mind for sharing these things because it's an alert. Your body is telling you something's not right, something needs to be paid attention to, and we need to take some action, but it's not the moment to take action. When you sit back, take that breath, collect yourself, take a look at the big picture and say, okay, what do we need to do? What's our next action step? What's our next approach? So that is number one. Number two is, listen, there's very few things in this world that we can experience or will experience, hopefully, that someone else hasn't gone through before and gotten through it made it back. And if we look at that, and I love your saying at the beginning of the show, if they can do it, I can do it too. Mm -hmm. And it's not just for success. It's also for coming back from once you've been beat down to the ground and you lost your job, you lost your business, your spouse walked out on you, whatever it might be. It's not, believe it or not, the end of the world. Absolutely. But I don't want to preach this. I just want you to understand that others have been through it. And I think sometimes it takes proof. It takes mm -hmm. really someone's been through that. Come on. Yeah, yeah, let's take a look at it. And again, that's going back to the summit. That's what it's all about. It's about showing them proof yeah. that others have been through this and that yeah. you can get through it too. Absolutely. And there are people out there, unfortunately, who don't believe that there's a solution. So they decide to take their own lives. You're passionate about this issue. I, I truly am. I'm, I'm very fast, passionate about it because, uh, you know, the first time I experiencing, experienced suicide in my life was younger. I was very young. I was about 13 or 14. And, you know, I was going through that period of time as a teenager and, again, mm -hmm. feeling rejected, feeling like a one percenter, a special letter, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I had a friend. It was my first black friend, actually. And um, I remember he was, I thought he was a good-looking guy, athletic. I mean, he just had it going on. He was a cook. He was only 14 years old, but he had it going on. We thought he was really cool. And uh, whatever was torturing him, we didn't know about. Nobody knew about it. And next thing we know, we had heard that he had committed suicide. And oh. uh, it, was, it was horrible. We had to go to his funeral. It was absolutely, it, it's still, it was a traumatic experience for me. And in fact, it may be one of those experiences that, that, that created some shift and change for me even early on. And then, and then I experienced it a few times since then. The last one was uh, someone I was coaching. We were remotely coaching. He was in California. He was an up and coming actor. He was already getting several roles, doing well, but he was struggling, living in a small apartment with a, with a roommate and, he was always having challenges with women. You know, you live in California and you're broke and you're a struggling actor. It's difficult. It is. It's a challenge because you see these beautiful women, they, they want money, they want to be around that, they want to know what kind of car you drive. And he really, he just, that's, that's what he tended to focus on. We were always working on it, but I never saw it coming. I just didn't see it coming. We literally coached two or three days before working on the business strategy, working on his acting, working on his mindset, but didn't realize that the emotional that were running below it all was what's dictating his actions. And, and, and I should have realized that. And, and to a degree, I blame myself for that because uh, mm -hmm. I didn't see it. I didn't see it coming. But I think that's a lot 
that's true for a lot of people. They don't want us to see it. They don't want, they feel, there's a certain shame and stigma attached to mental health issues, especially around suicidal thoughts and, and, and feeling anxious constantly or anxiety constantly. And so they don't share. We don't, we don't, and as a result, we don't listen or we don't want to hear it. So when yeah. he took his life and I had heard about it, it was, it really, it was like a punch to the gut. Right. And, um, and, I, and from that moment on, I said, I, there's something we've got to do about this. And especially after COVID hit and the disruption started, you know, increasing the numbers. I mean, it was yeah. already the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. Yeah. And young people, 14 to 25 to 30 years old or so, are the, are the primary victims of this. And I say victims because it's something that seems to be out of control for them. And, right. and they have a hard time pulling it back. So, yes, it's definitely near and dear. It should be near and dear to everyone's heart because... Right. We're losing so many people on it. Uh, uh, veterans, old, elderly, and teenagers yeah. are just are the most right. at risk. And 25% of the proceeds for your event go to the National Suicide Hotline. So thank you for that. Absolutely. We would love to have done more, but the administrative court, I, I tell you, Brian, <laughs> you, you've, got, you've got a virtual uh, event coming up, and I'd love to chat with you about that. Yeah. Uh, it, there's, there's more work and more administration and more cost involved than one might think. Uh -huh. And uh, and going into this thing, like I said earlier on, why did we do this? I said, let's just I've got to do something more. I've got to have a greater impact. I got to reach more people. I got to make a difference because people are suffering. People are struggling right now. And this is something that can help. I didn't realize how much time and energy I would have done it anyway. Right. right. You know, and then we decide, hey, we've got to give something back. We've got to help create awareness and provide uh, resources for the uh, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which does such a great job. Absolutely. And, and we've got a couple minutes left or so, maybe a minute, minute and a half before our break. Tell us how we can attend your event. It's virtual, correct? It is virtual. And uh, so it's going to be taking place between the 5th and the 10th of October. The first day of the 5th ends on Saturday. And we're going to have some really cool stuff in between. We're posting three interviews a day. And so at the first level, uh, at the general admission level, which, by the way, and I'll share the link with you in a moment. You can pick your own price. You can decide what, because we wanted this to be accessible to everyone. I don't yeah. want to charge $295 or $900, which I think we can get, no problem. But we don't want to do that because we want it accessible to everyone. We said, how do we make that accessible to everyone and not just give it away free? Because it diminishes the perceived value when you do that. So we said, hey, pick your own price. So you can go in there and literally pick whatever price you can, want to, or feel comfortable paying. But you can register, and those we're going to be posting three interviews a day on our Facebook, private Facebook page. And uh, you can also register as a VIP as well, which is still in the, um, the uh, early stages, so you can get an incredible rate on that as well. And then you've got the private uh, Come Back Strong page that you'll have all sorts of resources there as well. Uh, so you can go to the Come Back strongsummit.com simple come back strong summit.com i've got a great video there and you can register i would do it today don't wait because those early bird and pick your own prices are going to go away before the end of next week so i would make it happen as quickly as possible um okay and be Sounds part great. Of you got Sounds it great. and we're coming back after the break this is success profiles radio The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. 
This is Success Profiles Radio. you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. year, an attorney from Australia set a new world record by constructing a 72-foot-tall Christmas tree with 518,838 individual lights, beating out the former record of 374,280 lights held by Universal Studios in Japan. This magnificent tree was illuminated the day after Thanksgiving in downtown Canberra. Some people were wowed by the spectacle, while others were concerned that the Flipper Canoria's tree is using more electricity than it takes to power the entire city. I say this is all well and good until next Christmas, when they try unraveling the cords for those half a million lights. No matter how neatly I pack up my Christmas lights after the holiday, they always end up tangled and sprangly the next year. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Tom Terwilliger. And we're talking about the Comeback Strong Summit. And once again, if you have not subscribed to Success Profiles Magazine, you can do that at successprofilesmagazine.com. Love for you to subscribe. The last issue just came up very recently. And the issue prior to this last issue figured to uh, feature today's guest. Tom, you were on the pro, uh, cover of Success Profiles Magazine uh, very recently. How do you use well, lever- How do you use tip, uh, media to leverage your brand? Well, you know, it's a great question, but I first want to acknowledge that because I'm so glad you brought it up. Number one, uh, you know, I hope it doesn't sound like I'm blowing my own horn, but after winning a national championship, competing in two Mr. Olympias, uh, writing two best-selling books, and several other, I guess, some things you might call accomplishments, I have never gotten the accolades like I've gotten after being on the cover of Success Profiles magazine. So thank wow. you, Brian. I mean that sincerely. I mean, it's just it's just been unbelievable. Wow. And it has actually helped quite a bit in terms of moving people towards this summit. I mean, it's just really, like you said, has leveraged. And we use those different things like that magazine to say, hey, you can create success in your own life. You just have to get over this little hump first, you know. Um, but, yeah, that's a great question. How do we leverage social media? I guess part of it is, you know, you had talked about this early on. Uh, before your introduction even uh, on the show today, uh, that you have to, people have to know, like, and trust you, or at least feel like they know, like, and trust you. Mm-hmm. And the only way to build that is to create relationships. And and, and I don't believe it should be a, a, a relationship motivated by what can you do for me, but rather what can I do for you? 
Yeah. How can I support you? How can I give back something to you? How can I share in your misery? How can I share in your success and support that along the way? And so I think that's always been my wife and I's motto is how can we support others? And, and social media has served us well in doing that without question. And we've created a, a, a large tribe called Tribe Max Mind Lean Body, and that's for our mm -hmm. primarily for our fitness followers, and, yeah. and we allow them to lead it as much as possible, and and, uh, and then we share as much as we can in, in terms of promoting things that we think will only benefit them, not trying to sell anything to them. Right. On, my, on, my, on my private page, we do the same thing. We, we promote only things that people will benefit from. Yeah. And so that's, that's probably the first thing, that's number one. Number two is, uh, creating um, the community and also uh, creating awareness, doing the videos. I mean, just for this summit alone, for example, we're doing Facebook uh, Lives, which are previews for the call. I've done several videos, and every one of them, what I try to do is provide some value. It isn't just about, hey, let's get to the summit. You need the summit. Go there and register right now. You don't know. It's it's what are the, some of the tools that I've learned from the speakers? Let me share some of those with you right now. If you put them into place, I promise they will have an impact. They will make a difference. If you'd like more, certainly I would love you to be part of that summit or download the book or uh, or go to my website, whatever it might be. So I think really being in earnest about helping wanting and supporting others, but yeah. also creating a presence as well is so important. And you do that really well, Brian. You do that Thank well you. with the magazine and your podcast and your Facebook page. I mean, it's it's, it's exceptional. So I think I learned from, from guys like you mm. and, and so many others that are just really doing it right. I, the other thing that's interesting about social media is the algorithms, the, everything changes. It's just constantly changing. Yeah. yeah. Advertising on Facebook is just one of those things, man, that could be so frustrating and so yeah. challenging. But if you hit it right, it could be fantastic. But then you go back the next day to try and do it the same way, and it doesn't work. Absolutely. You mentioned fitness a little bit ago, and I want to touch on this because obviously you have a huge background in that. A lot of people focus on how to get in shape, but mindset plays such a huge role in this, right? Yeah, it really does. I mean, it's uh, it's it's first and foremost in many respects. But it is interesting because again, we go back to the chicken and the egg. I mean, you can create a mindset of uh, diligence and discipline and strength and will as a result of just getting in there and starting the exercise, going through it, making it ritualistic. The mindset can develop around that. But in many respects. Most people won't even get in until they change the mindset. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I changed my mindset around being a biker and, and began to alter the story, you might say, began to tweak the story that I had created early on for myself. And once I did that, the mindset started to shift as well. But I really believe, Brian, it begins with a desire, a goal and objective, and then an action plan. I think those three things, a desire, because we have to be motivated. We've got to have a reason why we're doing what we're doing. Why are we getting in shape? Why are we spending yeah. three hours a week in the gym? We better right. have a good reason for it. Right. And then we've got to have a goal. What's the specific outcome? What can I look forward to? How can I, yeah. how can I turn that goal into a compelling future that yeah. maybe three months, six months, a year, two years down the road, attach something more to it. It should be more than yeah. just 
I tell you, they're getting, getting a bikini-shaped fantastic. But everyone has, whether they have it consciously or unconsciously, a deeper motivation yeah. for wanting to look good in a bikini or a bathing yeah. suit, right? Right. It's a deeper motivation. Yeah. And you have to feel worthy of having a great body before you can actually have one, right? Yeah, that's that's a big part of the mindset, too. No question yeah. about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. And, and But again, it goes back to, it's like, I, I might... Maybe I don't feel as worthy as I could right now. I recognize that. I acknowledge that. But I can earn that worthiness. Now, now you shouldn't have to earn it. It is it inherent as a human being in this world. It, it, your magnificence is inherent. You should be able to experience that. You should be able to enjoy that. You should be able to manifest that. But at the same time, some of us feel like we have to earn it. And if you feel like you have to earn it, then you earn it through the discipline. You earn it through the exercise. Then as you begin to look in the mirror and you start to see those changes starting to take place, you begin to feel more worthy of it along the way. Yeah. We hope anyway. If you don't, Abs it, may yeah. be fleeting. it may be fleeting. Absolutely. So if someone wants to lose 20 pounds, 50 pounds, or whatever their goal is, what, what are maybe a couple of your top recommendations? Well, the first is, again, take a look at that mindset. Make sure it feels somewhat congruent and you're clear on your objectives and try not to act on it based on just pure emotion. I mean, emotion will drive us to get us off the couch. It'll get us moving, but there has to be something more to it. So that's number one. So really analyze that mindset. And one of the best ways to change your mindset, a lot like the summit, for example, a lot like what you've done with Success Profiles magazine and your book is that you share stories of others who have overcome, others who have exercised discipline and will and, and, and perseverance. When we start to immerse ourselves into those stories, start to immerse, in our, immerse ourselves into uh, what it is that we want to achieve in one direction or in one way or another, we begin to believe. We begin to believe we can do it. I can do it. I can do it. So the first, that's the first step. Immerse yourself in what it is you want to, ac to accomplish. The second is get clear on the goal. Get clear on the objective. The third is just take action. The first step. So maybe it's cleaning out the cupboards, but it's got to be something consistent. It's like, hey, you know what? I know there's crap in my cupboards. I know there's stuff I've got to get rid of that I've been eating. I've been, all those chips are in my closet. I've got to get rid of them because I can't. I don't have the discipline. If you recognize you don't have the discipline, then eliminate the opportunity. Reduce the opportunity. Get rid of it. Clean it out. So what's the next step? Well, maybe it's to join a gym or maybe it's just to start walking around the block. So the first thing, mindset, immerse yourself in listening to reading, understanding. The more understanding you have about what you want to accomplish, the greater the likelihood that you will achieve it. The second yeah. is take some congruent action immediately. Do something and, and recognize also, by the way, and this is and you'll recognize this, Brian, because I've experienced this myself, that sometimes as soon as we take action, it might just be enough to reduce the pain so that we don't take any further action. How many people join a gym and say, I'm going to join a gym. I'm going to get in shape. They join the gym. They go once and they never go back. Yeah. It happens all the time. It happens all the time right. because we, we've just lowered the thermostat a little bit, enough to relieve the pain. I yeah. took some action. I told everybody about it. And now I kind of feel better. I'll, I'll regret it later. Yeah. And I'll feel bad about it because I didn't follow through. Yeah. But we don't follow through. So be aware that that can and probably will happen. And then what's the next step? What's the next step? I mean, I could I could easily, Brian, go over Well, you need to do your strength training. Mm -hmm. You got to get a little cardio in, cut back on on the bad fats, lower your sugar intake, reduce your starches, start eating more lean protein, get rid of the dairy altogether, 
increase the good fats, get rid of those bad ones. So there's a whole list of things you can do along the way. But I think the first step is mindset, take action, make sure you have a goal and then take action on it immediately. Absolutely. We've got three minutes until the end. Let me ask you, what is the most influential book you've ever read? Wow, I've read so many in the past several years, and I continue to do so on Audible. It's incredible. I mean, it's just there's so many great books. But I will say this. Probably the most influential for me has to go back to Maxwell Maltz, Psycho-Cybernetics. And I can't say that that'll have the same impact it will on everyone. And I can't even say that it would have the same impact that it had at one time on me today if I read it again. But back then, when I was struggling and in this biker community and trying to find a way out mentally, emotionally, and willpower-wise, that book by Maxwell Maltz created a shift and actually gave me tools to start using visualization. It was the first book I read that actually created a visualization process that I put into practice that began to solidify the mindset that was going to be required to get through this dilemma and into the next level. So, so I'd have to put uh, psychocybernetics at the top of my list personally, but there's been so many great ones, including many by Tony Robbins and Brian Tracy. I mean, just down the line. Great. Who inspires and motivates you? This is the question I ask everyone at the end. Well, you, I'm going to tell you right now, you do. I mean, what you're doing, seriously, I, I kid not about this. Success Thank Profiles you. Magazine, what you've done with that, what you've done with your podcast, the consistency in which you do these kind of things, and the ability to be able to share other people's stories and allow them yeah. to inspire people along the way is, is, is tremendous. I mean, it really has. And, and we only met several months ago, but I will say yeah. this, I'm. I'm inspired by you. You know, obviously there's Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins had a big impact. I was in one of his videos and his on the edge video. And, and, and I think probably they're at the top of my list. My wife, I think I always got to give credit to my wife. My wife is incredible inspiration. I mean, truly the, she is the, uh, the grease behind all these wheels that we have moving. And without her, it would come to a screeching stop. Fantastic. And one more time, we can sign up for your summit by going to comebackstrongsummit.com. That is correct, my friend. Awesome. Well, Tom, thank you so much for being here again. This was fun. It was amazing. And I wish you all the best always. Thank you, Brian. You too. Take care, everyone. You've got more in you than you think you do. Be resilient. Get back off off the ground and make it happen. Absolutely. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Join me every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever, learn what they did, what they overcame, and the lessons we all can learn along the way. And once again, that's ComebackStrongSummit.com. Sign up for that. And thanks to all of you for joining us today. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.